All right, turn with me in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 37. I have been looking forward to this uh, since freshman year, uh, whenever they first told me that we would have to do this, and I kind of feel the same way now that I did then. Uh, ah! You know? <laughs> so, um, but you know, the title of our message today is Trust and Do. Uh, I, I feel like I'm, a, you know, like a deer looking at the headlights coming in. I'm sorry, Sage. I know that's a tender subject for you. And, uh, oh, and Chambers. It's okay. It's funny that the bookworms have killed more than the hunters. Sorry, Peter. Um, all right. Uh, you know, we here at Ambassador, we're all about relationships. Amen? Amen. amen. Can I get amen, Dr. Lucan? Amen. We're the shoe factory, right? Dr. Lucan, he only learned two math equations in school. It was two plus two equals four, and one plus one equals one. Amen? <laughs> but relationships are honestly an awesome thing. Uh, it's a good thing, not just, uh, you know, dating, but also just friendships and, and mentorships. It's, it's a great thing to be able to develop relationships with other people. But in every relationship, there's a culmination of certain factors. There is, number one, communication. You got to talk to people. And whenever I first started this whole journey of ministry, I was like, I have to talk to people. And I was an introvert, so I'm kind of like in between now. I'm not sure what I am. But, but I started off introvert, and I was like, man, I got to talk to people. But that's what life's about. Life's about developing those relationships. And you have to start with communication. You got to talk to people. Number two, you got to study people. Okay? And if you're studying people without talking to people, you're kind of creepy, so don't do that. Make, <laughs> sure, make sure that you're talking to people first. And then you're studying them, okay, in that order. you got to spend time with people. That's an important thing. That's a way to develop a relationship is to spend time with people. Um, you know, because that builds comfort. That builds ease. It makes it more um, just casual conversation becomes more natural. And, you know, you get used to being with that person. And the fourth thing I want you to see is trust. It is possibly the most, if not the most important element of a relationship is trust. Because trust, that builds um, just the safety, and that allows you to be transparent with that person. And then that will eventually build the strong bond and allow for submission and love and faithfulness and all those things. Uh, There's one thing I want you to be very careful of, though, and that is the word infatuation. Okay? You guys know what that is? The, The dictionary definition is a feeling of foolish or obsessively strong love or admiration for an interest or, or an interest in someone or something. So basically, it's delusion. It's, it's, it's based in nothing, okay? It is, uh, I've had guys, you know, they, in their minds, they've already run away, got married with this girl, had five kids, two mortgages, and two dogs, <laughs> and she doesn't even know they exist, okay? That's, uh, that is infatuation. I had a guy that I, 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 he came into my room one day, and he was super nervous, and he was like, I think I'm going to ask this one girl out. You know, I, th- I, I honestly think I've been praying about it and praying about it for like four months. And I really think that she is God's will for my life and I'm going to marry her. And I was like, okay, who is it? And he told me her name. And I was like, she has an off-campus boyfriend. <laughs> and they're going to get engaged soon and they're going to get married. And I, was, I tried to be as nice as I could. But he had this whole entire fantasy made up in his mind of what he thought about her. He had already built his whole future with her, but he, it was based in nothing. It wasn't based in truth. It wasn't based in any, any matter of relationship. Today, I want us to think about this. How many Christians are infatuated with God? How many, how many people are, they, they have an idea of God, they, they, you know, they go to church, they think about him, they're in Bible school, 
You know, they, they know of God, but they haven't spent time with him. They haven't studied him. They haven't talked to him. They haven't done any of those things. And, and ultimately, the, the great part that they're missing is that they don't trust him. And I wonder how many of you are here today and you're not trusting God as you ought to. And that's going to be the one thing I want us to look at because you may be here today and you've read biographies of other people's faith and, and you have no faith of your own. Uh, you have no depth of relationship and you've never actually seen God's hand work in your life. Today I want to challenge you guys with something. Um, whenever I first got right with the Lord and I, was, I wasn't in, in church for a good amount of time in my life, and whenever I got back into church, I had always someone there for me. God always put someone in my path to help grow me. And, you know, I, I love that God wants to grow us, but he doesn't try to grow us all at once. He, he gives us a little increment of time, one step, next step, next step, and, he, and he's working on us. Whenever I, I, I started reading my Bible and praying because of a coworker, I started going to church because another coworker invited me. I started working in the bus ministry because a little old lady asked me for some help to go knock on the doors because she couldn't walk so well. I, I started going soul winning with a gray-haired old preacher that said, that said he just, he's like, well, if you're called to preach, you got to go out and soul win. That's just a nah-duh moment there. And so I, and then when God called me to preach, I was like, you got to be kidding me. That, that's not me. That's dumb. Like, preachers come from heaven or something. I don't know. <laughs> And like, and I didn't understand any of that. But, you know, little by little, God broke me down and God showed me stuff. And whenever I got here, God started renovating my soul. He started showing me different things. He started to break me where I needed to be broken and build me where I needed to be built. And, but one night, one night changed my entire college career. It was either the end of sophomore year or end of freshman year or the beginning of sophomore year. I was... I started to get a little bit disquieted in my spirit. And I was like, man, God, I don't know what's going on. Like, what do you want from me? And I started praying and praying and praying. And I went in my car. And I remember because it was cold and, you know, in your breath, like, fogs up the windows and stuff. And I was sitting there. I was just, like, had my head against the window. I was praying. I said, God, just show me what you want me to do. And he said, not audibly, obviously, but he said in my spirit, he said, I want you to pray this prayer. Trust me more. And I was like, uh, I don't know about that, God, because I know what happens when you build people's trust. You got to break people. I've seen Abraham. I read Abraham. I read Moses. Like, I don't want to do that. I know the pain that's going to come if I pray that prayer. And I fought the Lord on it. And I fought the Lord on it. And eventually, though, it was almost like he said, do you want my best? Do you want the most out of life? Then pray. Pray that prayer. Pray that you would trust me more. And that night I did pray that prayer. I said, Lord, help me to trust you more. And I was, I can't tell you what's happened. The time would not, would not get, permit that of all the things that have happened since that point. God has showed me miracles. He's answered prayers. He's healed cancer, sickness, all kinds of things and, and people around me. He's provided for me. He's done things, and, and, and it was just, it felt like that was the turning point in my entire college career to where I actually started living that Christian life. And I actually started to develop that relationship because it's necessary. If you want to have a relationship with God, you have to have trust. It's vital. It is the most important thing. I want you to 
Uh, see here in Psalm chapter 37, verse 3, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. And that's going to be our, our jumping point here is trust the Lord and do good. It's a simple thing, but it's, it's my desire for you today is for you to trust God and for you to do. Trust the Lord and do. And let's flip over to Isaiah chapter 40. I believe the greatest reason that you can trust God is because of who he is. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 40, starting in verse 12. We're going to read a couple passages here, or a couple of verses. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and metered out the heaven with the span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in balance? Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord, or who, who being his counselor hath taught him? With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him the paths of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding? Look in verse 21. Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundation of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretched out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell therein. Verse 25, To whom then will you liken me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and behold, who hath created these things that bringeth out their host by number? He calleth them all by name. By the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, one, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, Jacob, and speaketh, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hath thou not known, listen to this, hath thou not known, hath thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint, and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Our God, listen, our God is so powerful that we can rely on him 100%. I love this passage because it takes and it shows us the weakness, finite nature of mankind. And, and just how he's weak and he's weary and, he, and he's as dust and he's as a grasshopper. And it compares it with God, who, is, who has literally limitless knowledge, limitless, limitless understanding and wisdom. And his power, it says that he put the stars in the sky. He, he, built, he built space like a curtain, like a tent. He knows all. He sees all from the macro to the micro. Um, Psalm, Psalm 72, verse 18, it says that, it says that blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doth wondrous things. He does only wondrous things. And he made you. He only does wondrous things and he made you. He made your life. He's crafting your life right now. The first part of this relationship with God is for you to understand who he is and what he wants to do with your life. He is building each one of us because he has a plan for our life. And if you don't trust God, you're not going to see that plan play out. You have to trust in him. You have to walk in faith with that. 
Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18 says, They may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ with which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus through all ages, world without end. Amen. So, I just can't, I can't articulate the majesty of God. I cannot articulate how grand he is. We, we can't possibly, we understand only what the Bible tells us. And we look at nature and we see his magnitude. We see the great things that he's done. That's the reason that I'm a Christian today is because one day I was, you know, I was saved and stuff, but I was really doubting God. And I was, I was sitting there and we had just done physics class and we learned about the laws of thermodynamics and all that stuff. And I was sitting there and I was looking at this mountain in front of me and I was like, how in the world did this come about? And I had a little rock in my hand. I was like, man, if I could just explain where one molecule came from, I'll believe that instead of God. And you know what? I thought about it and thought about it and I couldn't, I couldn't come up with an answer that didn't break the laws of physics. And that's the reason I'm a Christian. That's the reason I, I, I stuck with it. But you guys need to understand that not just is God there for you, he is working in you and he wants to work with you. Drew said the other day uh, that we get to do, do things with God. And I think that that's just a wonderful way to look at life. We get to do, it, do things with God. Uh, turn over back to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. This is a this is a gold mine. If you guys haven't read Psalm 37, this is a gold mine with a lot of nuggets of truth. A lot of, Drew, don't Drew Sinclair, stop being so excited, okay? Like I said nuggets, if you guys don't know, he is like like chicken nuggets, like I'm, Okay, listen girls. If you want to if you want to marry Drew Sinclair, just change your name to Chicken Nugget. Bam, today he's there, okay? He's there, okay? Like just calm down, okay? Calm down, all right? All right, Psalm 37, verse 32. The steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. All right, I'm going to end in just a second here uh, after this illustration. But the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. A lot of you, a lot of us, you know, we're going through life, and we're walking along. And God, I want you guys to imagine that God's will is behind that pulpit, okay? Whether it be the ministry that he has for you, whether it be the marriage that he has for you, whatever it may be. Imagine that God's will is behind that pulpit and you're walking along, right? You're walking along and, and God's over here. Okay, come on, come on, Michael. And then you start going like this. Some of you are doing that right now, Okay. And you're focused so much on this that you're not focused on God. And God's over here, and he's saying, hey, come on. I got the steps for you. Come on, come on. Move, move. And you're over here like, and you're over here going, I need a wife. I need a wife. I need this. You know, it's like God's over here. He's got the path for you. Just go to him. And we laugh about it, but it's true. How, how, much, how many times do you feel stuck in life? How many times do you feel like you're just not getting anywhere? You're not making any progression in your life. It's because you're focused on the destination and not on the creator. 
It's because you're focused on the will of God and not on God himself. If you turn to God and you delight yourself in God, he will show you the path. He will give you the steps that it takes to take you where you need to be, to his will. And I want that for all of you. And it requires two things. It requires you to trust God, and it requires you to do. You have to move your feet. It's said that, you know, God won't steer a parked car because it doesn't go anywhere. You can't, a lot of you, you're sitting here, you're doing Christianity, but you're not doing anything. Get off your blessed assurance and do something. Stop waiting for Jesus to come back and go fight, walk, trust. Do what we're here to do. Do the ministry. Don't be afraid of it. I think so, so many times we get stuck in this cycle of fear. We get stuck with distractions, hitting our head against the wall. God wants us to walk towards him. He wants us to run towards him. He wants us to, to do the ministry. He wants us to do the trusting. He wants us to do all these things that are in this book. My question to you is, do you trust him enough to do? Do you actually have a relationship with God or you just have that hollow relationship? I really want you guys, I want you all to just take hold of who God is. Understand him, study him. Every time you go to your devotions, say, Lord, show me you. Show me what I need to do. Every time you come to chapel service, I don't care if you have to stab yourself in the ankle to stay awake. You do it because you're, you, you, you need to crave. You need to crave that relationship with God. Trust and do. And that's my prayer for you, all right? Let's pray. Lord, I, I ask today that if anyone is stuck, if anyone isn't doing what they're supposed to do, Lord, that they would just take a moment and be, be silent and just trust you. And if there's anyone here today that hasn't committed to that relationship, hasn't gotten in the game yet, that they would and that they would put their trust in you. And those that have and that aren't doing, that they would take a second and realize that they aren't moving that they're stuck and that they need to keep going. Lord, I ask that you would work today and that you would work in heart. In Jesus' name, amen.